We love hip hop. Did you come from far? Mm-hmm. Did you come from far? Say it again. Did you come from far? Oh, Young and Finch. Okay. Yeah, it's not far. So decent enough. So what happened with the shuttle? It was just like I went two stops <laughs> down and they're like, shuttle. And I was like, yay. The whole fucking Young Street, like on shuttle, you know? It's okay. It yeah. went to Toronto. It's kind of expected. I know. but i was like all right all right you know you gotta leave your crib like an hour earlier than like you know on top of the transportation (laughs) so you know it is what it is no thank you for coming out though i know it's a sunday sometimes hard to leave your house on a sunday (laughs) i I don't mind talking on a sunday i just i don't i don't work on sundays but you know talking is great okay but thank you again ray you know, Thanks for I, having I, I me. Know, I never know how to say your whole company's name. Like, <laughs> oh, I go by uh, Medeo. Medeo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So, I just called you Ray and left it there. All good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But thank you again for coming out. We're at the Visionary Arts Studio. Um, we're here today just to have a conversation, really. You know each other from a little bit while back. That's right. And um, when I started this, I just started thinking about, you know, people who... Um, when I've interacted with them, people who I just wanted to kind of get to know more, but also just want to check in on you to see what's going on. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to see what you're up to. hundred yeah. percent, you know, and it, it was, it was really dope that we, we connected. It was like a point where there was like a, a turn going on. Mm. And when you, uh, we met at the business incubator. So it was like everybody that was there was like ready to make a turn or, or something change in their life. So, um, you know, it's awesome to reconnect with people and see, you know, uh, how's everybody doing? And, and, you know, a lot of like a lot of retreats yeah. have this thing where like everybody gets emotionally impacted and we're like, let's get in touch. And then nobody ever does. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I always really cherish that I connect with people in places and then they keep me in mind, you know, because uh, I do the same. And, you know, I'm really excited that you, you called me for this. No, of course. Of course. Yeah, that is where we met. Yeah, and that's where we first connected. Um, and you're right. It was a turning point. I know that when I started, uh, going to the, which call it a business incubator. When I started going to that, I was kind of in a point in my career where I didn't know what to do next. I was kind of already like hitting like that burnout stage a lot earlier than I thought I was going to. Um, and I was learning a lot of new things, but I didn't know where to put all of the ideas put together mm. so that place for me was really definitely a turning point it was i was able to at least get things down on paper talk things out have a whole lot of criticism on it for sure a whole lot of feedback um, but i think that key portion was the support um i think the group definitely tr- who we connected with and stay in touch with mm. it's just real like it's just okay what's up yeah yeah <laughs> and you've seen kind of the same people over and over again right. um yeah but it's been a pleasure yeah. yeah reconnecting so far so can you start by telling us well i guess i don't know you're from the city of toronto are you from here or uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i actually don't know are you from the city yeah yeah, yeah I'm, okay. I'm from the city okay. uh i was born and raised in albania that's in okay. eastern europe uh came here when i was 10 years old so i've been here for like 20 years All right uh i've been in toronto ever since um in the past few years i've uh i've traveled a bit because of work um and I'm trying to also expand what's my home and trying to make the planet my home. Uh, but yes, I am straight up from Toronto. So, okay. yeah. Do you think being from the city of Toronto has any influence in the work that you do, like your creativity? Absolutely. I, I think about it almost like every day where I would be if I was raised, let's say, even back home. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have even pursued arts, you know. Oh, yeah. I, w- I would have pursued another profession that was easier to make finances with. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, the main thing that influenced me in Toronto is that there are so many cultures and my parents, um, instead of putting me in like a dominantly uh, Albanian neighborhood where we can speak the same language, they put me in an area of the city where um, there weren't any. So I had to adapt to Korean culture and adapt to Jamaican culture and adapt to Arabic, uh, different Arab cultures and things like, so basically by doing that and being a, being a, especially being a youth, that's an immigrant, you really want to feel a sense of belonging. 
So you better learn quick on how these cultures behave and how to behave around these people so you can make some friends. And um, I didn't know where that was going at the time. I was like, why did we even move here? <laughs> this place is minus 20 degrees. Okay. I, I got to like uh, adapt to all these things, right? Mm. But now I, I realized that that was the catalyst to my artwork and my uh, the foundation of the resources that helped me uh, get to where I am today. Like um, if you look at my style, which is calligraphy based, um, every time I do a mural in public, a Persian person will stop by and be like, I can see my culture. And then like a Japanese person will be like, yeah, like we have certain techniques in our culture. Yeah, like the way the markings yeah. are. And yeah. then like, you know, people like someone that's like from England or Germany will be like, oh yeah, that's Gothic, you know? And like they see their culture in it. And that's all because of the kind of subconsciously, the, uh, the different influences I've had growing up, you know, just... Being around like, uh, you know, uh, Cuban block parties and then like Filipino debuts and, you <laughs> yeah. know, like <laughs> a Chinese wedding. You know what I'm saying? Like you just uh, absorb all those things yeah. and it just it, it just came to be. And I think like, honestly, now that I think about it, like I am the Toronto style of like calligraphy. Yeah. Like I mix every yeah, single culture that there is. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. That's me. Confidently. I know. That's <laughs> why I had. So I was driving here and I was looking at like all the different people, all the different graffiti, um, just driving through here and all these like different kind of landmarks. And just that's what kind of just prompted my mind actually that question. Just I was just thinking about the interview, obviously. Um, and as I was coming here, I was just seeing all the different things that could be a part of your work. Um all different kind of cultures, all kinds of different people, people just in the parks, busy talking, yelling across the street, just a whole lot of movement. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what I just thought I asked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, the images that you see, um, how does that like show up in your art directly? Because from what I've seen so far, uh, you create everything with calligraphy like mm -hmm. you don't have you don't only do like portraits only I've seen like different types of styles like where does that come from and how did you get into doing art yeah I mean I, I was from from childhood like uh I knew that I had a hand for drawing okay. um and uh like it was obviously like Art as a career is a very rare thing to pursue. Uh, not many people know many full-time artists and not many people know many f and many uh, art collectors. So it's a very, very niche field. So for the longest time, um, I was kind of programmed to believe that I'm not going to pursue this because it's very financially dangerous as a choice for life. Um, and... Uh, but I just, it kept tapping me on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. Like whatever else I tried to pursue, it, it was just, uh, it didn't suit me. So uh, I, I tried many other things. You know, I got into design, which is very close to creativity, different kinds of design. And, and uh, I was sculpting uh, high-end decor for like um, mansions and uh, different kinds of uh, high-end interiors, for example. Okay. And it's just, it didn't suit me because I'm like, I want to draw my own thing. Okay. I want to do my own thing. So I just took that leap of faith, um, you know, took many falls and um, that was that. And I just realized I'm, I have to embrace that I'm a free spirited person. And with that being said, I have to structure myself in a way where I can safely be free spirited. So that's where you have to learn about entrepreneurship, uh, learn about uh, certain conducts, uh, putting together the right people around you and making sure you have a good support system, uh, strategizing, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of factors put together. So do you have any stories about entrepreneurship that kind of highlight those overcoming those lots of falls? I mean, uh, the same thing happens over and over again okay. with every business, uh, I, I believe. Um, you know, even when you're at your highest and, and if you look at like the most, uh, successful businessmen in the world, they still have their falls, you know, um, or should I say their challenges? And it's, it's all about just being 
patient and, and learning to learn, you know, um, being re- resourceful and, uh, you just learn how to handle it better. Yeah. Uh, over time, you know, and I mean, uh, it's the thing is with great freedom comes great responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like, for example, me, I don't have an HR. I don't have a boss that can handle, can absorb my pressure. Mm-hmm. It all comes to me. So I need to distribute it in the right places where um, it could all be handled evenly and then this can be navigated through, right? I remember a discussion that came up <clears throat> in the workshops that we were in together about uh, creativity and also the state of like your mental health, right? And I think what came up was that it's almost become okay for artists to suffer, right? Yeah. It's almost become okay for artists or, or creatives to kind of have um, maybe... I don't, I don't want to say like, like their lifestyles not to be settled, mm, right? Like right. it's kind of come okay. So how have you been able to um, maybe avoid that or what tools um, have you t- taken along with you? Um, first of all, I, I, I think that artists struggle because um, education has failed them. Yeah. Um, like they don't understand how creative minds work and how they're structured and how they perform. And um, they don't also teach them how to prepare to create that space for themselves to be creative mm-hmm. and still have stability, you know, and have a place of like safety and consistency. Mm-hmm. So you have to look outside the box and have the right mentors and the right support systems that understand you for who you are and help you leverage your skill set instead of trying to sweep it aside and doing something yeah. else. Like forcing you into even almost like routines, right? And, and also it's like, for example, my, my mind, like, first of all, when I was in high school, I was uh, uh, diagnosed with ADHD, okay? And I couldn't, it was very hard for me to get good grades. Like it took me s- like so much work to get the grades I needed to get into university and I hated it. Um, and then it's crazy because now I'm front row at every lecture, raising my hand, taking notes. Um, I'm focusing. I don't mind focusing on something like for 16 hours straight if I have to. And it's like, where did this ADD go? Why was I labeled disabled? You know what I'm saying? When really they just weren't catering to, to what my skill set was, yeah. right? I just believe that I knew I didn't care about the rock cycle or what is it? The Pythagorean theorem, because I know I'm never going to use where it. Where the water goes. That's what I'm saying. Down. And it's like, I'm never going to use the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. So, but for someone who's into uh, physics, for example, or, or other fields, yes, that's useful information. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's the way so, that learning is packaged to you too, right? Like it's packaged to you in a textbook usually. It's rote learning. Right. It's also people writing on boards. Right. They don't give you any manipulatives for you to hold on to while learning. Um, as an ECE, I also understand kind of how participation is not always, um, I think it's called like active learning, right? So we kind of learn that someone is listening, is looking at us the whole entire time. Um, they're doing everything for the social cues, but most children who are creative don't can give it that to you, but they're not learning anything, right? right? They can show you that they're listening, but not actually listening. Exactly. And that's so another strategy that they they're build. They're children, yeah. right? Give them a toy. They're seven, eight years old. They should be able to right. learn about whatever you want to teach them about history, whatever, right? But also have their fidget toys, have Play-Doh, um, create like sensory experiences around learning as well. Right. Yeah. And it's like w- what I've learned about creativity is that or creative thinkers is that they um, learn things from a lens of integrity. So if it doesn't make sense to them inside and out and they haven't experienced it, their memory does not absorb it. So some people like to memorize information and they can repeat it. Right. Which is like the system of like, memorizing and writing, acing a test. Right. Okay. Lens of integrity. I've never heard that before. Go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas for me, I'm like, when somebody tries to explain, and especially now in business, it really helps me because I'm like, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, oh yeah, you're right. And I remember all the words you said, but if I'm not understanding it inside and out, like right. my accountant explains everything to me inside and out. Mm-hmm. I know exactly what he's doing, yeah. you know, and everyone else around me. And I experience it myself. I want to try certain things myself so I can learn them. And that's how they, I can like memorize it, not just here, but like 
in my body. You know, like it's embedded. <laughs> it makes sense. If it's yeah. not embedded, I'm not into it. Yeah. You know, and uh, it really helps me now. But back then, I was like, oh well, I'm not good at memorizing, so I'm not capable of uh, operating in society. Yeah, and then you're labeled. And forever. so many people are labeled when they're really brilliant. It's just they've never been given the chance to pursue the right thing and have the right pieces around them to make things work. I've always said that the Ontario curriculum for school is really far behind when it comes to 50, um, 60 years nurturing for young sure. people in the way yeah. that they're actually learning and yeah. preparing them like for the future as well. Yeah. Um, so do you have any um, kind of challenging stories um, that you that taught you how to like like learning more about yourself and um, having a diagnosis of ADHD um, also is paired with like the mental health stress of it. Mm -hmm. um, how do you manage that? Uh, as, as an adult. Yeah. yeah. To be that honest, like I um, did a lot of trial and error. I paid attention to a lot of other successful creatives and how they work. Um, there's certain ways to like run your day and certain kind of times to do certain things okay. that help you get creative. And I'd also take notes. Like if I had a great day at the studio, I'm like, what did I do yesterday and the day before that kind of nudged me into this mood? What okay. did I, you know what I mean? Like okay. you're set up. So you learn to set yourself up to focus. Like I know how to switch it on to like do a mural right now. Like I, I'm, I'll tell you, like, give me 20, 30 minutes. I need to tune in. I need to do the design. Like I know what it takes, mm -hmm. right? Now that's like what you do at the beginning. But what I really, what really helped me make a change was when like as soon as I got my money up a bit with my business I got me a therapist and like the difference is that they understand your impulses and they understand your your the way you're wired so they can really help you pinpoint on how you can function at your best you know and help you understand about yourself and to own yourself and master yourself and know that if you're not strong in this place get somebody else to do that thing so that you can focus on the things you're strong at, you know? What's the point of me doing my accounting? I, I specialize in art, you know what I'm saying? But it's part of my business, right? What's the point of me doing aggressive marketing? I'm not an, like an extreme extrovert. I'm a low-key introvert. I should be at home painting. So I know these things and I try to, as I grow, immediately dedicate, delegate these tasks to people that can do them better than me, you know? So that would help, that helped me a lot and uh, I would say it cut off like 10 years of me trying to discover it myself mm -hmm. because you're talking and you know, some people knock down psychology or they think you're only going there for a certain kind of crisis. And also there are a lot of bad psychologists out there, which have kind of, uh, I think dented, things. <laughs> yeah, dented the <laughs> yeah. reputation of the profession, yeah. but there, these are professionals that look at science and they look at you from a scientific perspective and they understand that, you know, there are certain capabilities and certain kind of structures that each person has and they need a certain customized approach to how they live life, uh, have relationships and, and perform in general. Yeah. You mentioned also delegating tasks to people around you. How did you find those people and how do you build so much trust? Because you're handing over a part of your business, a part of your expression to another person. Um, for, first thing is like, I have to, I, I, I have to like you, you know, that helps. Yeah, <laughs> definitely helps. No, I have to know that when you say something, uh, you will do it. And I don't care if all you do for me is, uh, it doesn't matter the volume of, uh, delivery, right? Mm -hmm. If all you say to me is Ray, I just want to deliver you a coffee every day. Mm -hmm. And you do that. Mm -hmm. I'm more than happy to have you do that. Then come around telling me, yo, I'm going to like connect you with Drake. Mm -hmm. And then like, I'm going to like get you like a million dollar gig. Right. And then all you can do for me is the coffee. Yeah, barely. Like I always pay attention <laughs> to the gap between yeah. the words and the actions. If the words and the actions meet, I believe that's a good person. Yeah. You know? Deliverables. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously like um, things like integrity, loyalty, like that's foundation, you know? And um I really pay attention to what I need. Like, what do I want? What do I need? You know, cause, uh, I, I want to make sure that whoever I put, wherever I put them, like they're doing the exact thing that I lack in that will help me grow. Right. So, 
and don't mix friendships with business. You know, that that's very important. If you have a friend you can do business with, that's amazing. Like that's like a super bonus, you know, but don't expect people from your casual part of your life to be a high delivery, like a person on your professional side. Right. So if you put people in the right places, then things go smoothly, you know? And it sounds like what you're also saying is like trusting your first instincts, right? Like even though they're your friend and you really, really like them, if they're saying I can only deliver this thing, trust them with that thing wholeheartedly too, right? Allow them to come through on that deliverable. Right. And if you, if you see that they're not like, they're not delivering, you know, like you need to be open to having a conversation, like be very comfortable with having a conversation with them. And you need to also be very, and sometimes they understand and they improve. And honestly, no one's perfect. It's about how you make up for it. You know, uh, I have talks with my right hand man all the time, you know, Hey, like we were off on this or, you know, this wasn't delivered the way that, uh, we want to be experienced by others. And the reason why I have him around is because he says, Hey, honestly, my bad. Like, let's, let's work, let's do it better. You know, fix it for the next time. But if they're not taking that, uh, sort of, if they're taking that kind of criticism in a way where like they're interpreting it as a put down, you know, and it's like, I can't work with you because I'm trying to grow. People talk to me like that. You know, when, when somebody's unhappy around me, I'm like, Hey, I'm just wondering like, what's, you know, how could I do better? You know, Mm -hmm. I I would rather learn because that makes me more powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd rather get told what you're unhappy about because that that's power. Like now I know how to get there. Right. But if I'm not listening, I'm going to be walking in circles. Yeah. And probably you know? doing the same mistakes over and over again, having yeah. the same tension over and over and again. I, I need help to continue breaking orbit. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be in the same circle all the time. Right. So I always appreciate like people telling me the truth. Yeah. Working, I think, within a team is really vulnerable because um, you do need to build strong relationships. Right. Um, but when it is your expression that's going out there, you also need to be in charge. Um, so. I can understand how kind of building those boundaries with people is important for them, but also allows them to grow as well because you're working together for a common goal. Like it has to be very, very clear where deliverables are, but also having that background relationship, that trust has to be built there too. Right. So do you have any kind of um, maybe tips that you've learned for kind of reading people and maybe yeah just like reading people that you're bringing onto your team uh number one don't rush okay <laughs> yeah don't fall in love uh, okay. i don't mean i don't mean romantically i mean okay. like and romantically too but like yeah sure. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah your life can get ruined if you're you know around certain circles so um <laughs> uh, don't fall in love with like the idea that this person is going to be perfect for you. Right. Okay. Um, make sure you pay attention to their patterns mm-hmm. from the smallest detail, you know, um, how they carry themselves, how they treat others. Uh, how do they do emotionally during pressure? Like put people, right. <laughs> everyone around me is on probation. Like I always pay attention to their behavior and I, I make sure that they're up to par. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the main thing. Like I'd say, just watch people's patterns ca- carefully and learn to read patterns. I-, I can't teach you that in like, obviously one podcast, it's of a course. whole class of its own, but. But do you have any tools yeah. that you use to maintain yourself so that when you're holding people accountable, putting that mirror up to yourself, mm. what tools do you use to hold that mirror up to you? Do you use meditation? Do you read? Do you oh. jog in place? Like, is there anything that you do to like get your day going or keep you mm. grounded throughout your day? Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. What you're saying. Uh, I, I look at things from an artistic view. Okay. And when I start my day, I look at it like a painting and I envision it. Um, I envision the end of the day as a finished painting. And everything that I, I'm more of a visionary thinker. I'm a visual person, right? So, uh, when I start the day, I need the gap to think for myself with clarity. Uh, I could do a meditation, 
mostly I just bump the music and I just like, <laughs> you know, kind of just start my day in a, in a good momentum, you know, uh, during the day I have gaps where I recenter myself, you know, I just make sure like, I'm always thinking what, what's working for me. Cause you could get distracted by a lot of things yeah. and a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. And, um, yeah, I would say mainly like, I, I just make sure that I, I, I'm always primed, you know? I want to bring it back to what you said before about thinking back like two to three days of what you did to get yourself in the good groove that you're in. Like that's like, just as you're speaking, that kind of um, stood out to me a little bit that you're, I guess, always reflecting back on your past behaviors that put you back into this situation. Right. It's like, who was yeah. I around? Who was I around yeah. that made me feel inspired that now I feel like painting yeah. or what was I around? You know what I mean? What did I eat? You know, sometimes <laughs> if, you, if you eat garbage, like yeah. you're not going to feel good. Right. And if you don't feel good, it's very hard to be creative because creativity is very attached to emotion. Whereas mechanical work, like let's say you work cashier or you work at a f whatever factory or even if you work at the bank, mm -hmm. the procedures are mechanical. They don't need heavy critical thinking. They need you to execute them at the fastest, most efficient yeah way possible right and i would say the social interactions do though right those situations yeah. because it is such a um repetitive thing that you're doing right. sometimes the social interaction for that same task over and over right. again can be really like draining right so just as you're saying i thought about times in my life where i felt like i got home at the end of the day and i was like zoop like yeah. <laughs> everything just kind of like sat right? yeah, yeah. Like, oh, what just happened like my whole entire week like was I even here? Did I go to work? Like, did I get anything done? Because you get so caught up in getting so many things done um, throughout your day. So just what you said is just a really good note for me. Right, really. right. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. That just to remember to like reflect, right? Even in you have your morning routines, um, but even sitting back and thinking back a couple of days, mm. right? And it's like, and if you have, if you have days when you're down and you, track back and you realize, Hey, X, Y, Z happened. Um, just like you just learn to be at peace with it and have the toolkit to recover. You know, it's, uh, such as life. Like you not every day you wake up perfect. So I've been thinking about my toolkit recently and <laughs> I realized that, um, it's the same tools that I'm using. Right. But I think what they're, working on and focusing on is becoming really different. I think especially because you've been in this pandemic for the last like two years or however long. Yeah. Two. Yeah. It's been sure. like two yeah. About years, two or yeah. three years. Um, we've all had to gone through a major adjustment. Right. So I've been thinking about how am I using the same tools, right. Um, over and over again, but what is it doing for me now? And I, I think I've had to kind of shake out of my old routines, even, um, even let go some of those routines that I've had to mm. kind of find what else is out there. Right. Um, I think there's times we can hold on to a lot of things and it might be even like friends, family, um, close business associates, right. That we've been doing the same thing, right. Having the same results over and over again. And they might be mediocre results. So you don't even realize that they're, you know, not up to par anymore. Um, so I think entrepreneurs can be really friendly people. Creators mm. can be really friendly people who want to learn, who want to network. Um, do you have any experiences with maybe how popularity has influenced your work in like a bad way? Um, so any experiences or stories that you may have? I mean, I, I, the thing is like, I always say this, like I'm, like I, I have my growing has been like, you know, my following has grown and, um, especially cause I travel, I've like created different communities in different places that support me. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like, I'm not, um, I say the foundation of, uh, building that following is that you need to be respected first, you know? And I, I don't mind being appreciated or respected, you know, like, People, people don't, uh, like people don't just follow me because I'm famous because, uh, I don't know, some celebrity mentioned me somewhere, you know, 
they actually like me because of my art and they or they like me because of my story like how we met and you know years will pass and like we'll always remember like the where things started right so i mean for me i i appreciate it but i can understand how things could get really messy if you begin to affiliate with the wrong people you know and you know some people are out there some people are like tigers you know they they're good to enjoy from a distance but you shouldn't bring them close to you you know mm -hmm. so uh, you need to be careful with uh, spotting out who the tigers are and don't get close to them you know make sure your core circle stays the same if you look at some of the most uh successful celebrities in the world their their core circle remains consistent for a long time because that's their wall, you know? Yeah. And then they navigate with that as a vehicle, you know? So uh, I've had some close calls with getting too close to some people and, you know, they, uh, they could have affected my business, but you know, you just recenter and you make sure everything's good. You know, like <laughs> that's it. You live, keep you learn and make yeah. sure you, you learn your warnings early yeah. and you don't keep going recklessly. You no, know? And I can see it. I can see that you've been through some trials um, and that you learned a lot. And so when we reconnected, I had recently gone through some moments like that where um, oversharing, not understanding my own boundaries have like, got me caught up in completely off focus. So I really appreciate you sharing these things. Cause I don't think a lot of um, people who are, whether they're popular or they have a big social media presence or they're creating some kind of movement within the city. Um, we don't get to hear about those vulnerable stories behind the scenes, right? Mm. Sometimes you just kind of see a big team, right? Or right. you just see one sole person, right? And you don't get to hear about how they're recovering from all these like in-between things that are happening behind the scenes. Um, but it is also good to hear that it's possible, right? That having a core team around you yeah. and from what I'm hearing, you're saying that it does come with the growth of it, being accountable for your words, um, but also allowing people to be there for you and trust them. Um, it's, it's good to hear that it's definitely possible. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Honestly, like we're all students yeah, of good to hear. yeah, we're all students of life. You know, yeah. no matter what age, like, and if you don't want to be a student of life, then I like. It, I don't want to be around you, you know, like, but we're, it doesn't matter what level you're at, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn, you know, and you, you need to see those mistakes as invitations to learn new things and, you know, just get used to pivoting and readjusting because that's what the world does every day. So you, you got to stay with it, right? Thank you very much for sharing your insights and your very personal experiences. Thank you very, very much. Um, we do something here. I do have maybe a couple more questions. We do something mm. here where uh, we do ask for like a couple of words, an affirmation, a mantra that you would like to use. Mm. Um, and because of, you know, you do art. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. figured let's put it in the medium that you know how to do it. Um, so let's just take a couple of moments, mm. right? Um, we'll keep recording. We'll keep the audio on, but we'll take a couple of moments for you to just do your thing and share a little bit of an affirmation on the canvas. Right. Um, and then we'll do our closing. Mm -hmm. All right. Oh, I got to get the marker. The no free promo for Tim Hortons. What's going on? No free promo for Tim Hortons. Was it out of the shot? Yeah, yeah, he okay. moved it. Oh, uh, sick. <laughs> he moved it. All right, so uh, what's the. What's the tradition? Uh, how do you guys do this? So far, it's just been whatever kind of comes to you. Mm. Whatever couple of words that maybe you've used before. Um, so I sometimes use like affirmations or mantras. Um, sometimes for me, it's like listing gratitude or maybe a verse or a Bible verse that I read that day. Mm. Whatever kind of works for you to write down. 
Uh, I, I've been I've been a lot on the tip of like uh, enjoyment um, because I, I've really learned one of the most important things uh, with especially with my career that has a lot of twists and turns is to learn to enjoy the process because if you don't you're gonna be constantly in a mind of danger mm -hmm. and it's not healthy for you you know and your performance gets affected your health gets affected so I've really learned to like, you know, cause you also asked about meditation, right? Um, instead of like just doing, I used to do like hour long meditations every morning. I used to go to like an hour. Yeah. I used to go to, Whoa. I used to go to, <laughs> I, I used to go to eight hour meditation retreats on weekends. Yeah. But I realized that after all, are we, I get, is this yeah, we're, we're, okay, we never so, start recording. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I realized that it was great for clarity, but the thing is, if you're still going to walk into the life you've curated for yourself, mm. and if it's not a, a, a healthy environment, you're going to go back to your anxieties and your fears, right? So now what I'm focused on more is like, instead of meditating for an hour a day, I learned to just enjoy certain parts of my day. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy my walk here. I enjoy doing this, yeah. right? And by those gaps of enjoyments, those are like meditative moments that are more yes. consistent, you yeah. know? So uh, I guess I want to write like, enjoy the journey. Does that sit well with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take your time, think about it. Whatever comes to you. See I remember switch. there was, um, I, I, I've never done an hour long meditation. We made that very, very clear. That yeah. sounds like a very long yeah, I, I was I was down bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm more like a five minute kind of meditation yeah, kind yeah. of person, and usually that's with like you know a cigarette or a beverage. I'm, I'm I'm you know I don't know if I can sit for that long. No, I hear you. By the way, like yeah. the um the kinds that I did yeah. were um they're called active meditations. So. Okay. It it's uh, the way you get into the trance is through movement. And, okay. And then the sitting, right. yeah. So they're designed for people who most people now we already sit too much. Mm -hmm. So uh, they were designed for you know somebody with a passive lifestyle mm -hmm. that needed some movement, right? Okay, some movement to the meditation. Yeah. So, so it'd be like, and they're structured. Like there's like yeah. ones that are like jumping for like twenty minutes, and then humming for another 20 and okay. then okay you know i understand what, saying? what you mean yeah yeah, yeah. i understand yeah. what you mean like no i'm not i'm not gonna yeah. sit there and just yeah oh in a full prayer pose that is not happening what happened smudge no 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 i mean the uh sitting in a prayer pose oh, okay yeah <laughs> no i've never gotten there <laughs> yeah, just mad. Yeah, get into it. Which is really sad because I used to teach yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I always thought I was a pretty loose yoga teacher. I'm still going to sing around and eat a burger before this yoga class. Like, That's I'm right. Wrong one. <laughs> this is reality, I you know? I'm the wrong one. I am a city yoga teacher. <laughs> That's right. No, people want, people want the truth, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like, all right, so I'm going to, should I start? Yes, whenever you're ready. And uh, what's his name? Director X recently shared a um, like a call out for people to do meditations. Oh, the operation frontal cortex, or I forgot what it's called. Operational prefrontal. Prefrontal, yeah, yeah, cortex. yeah. You mean like uh, to have like. Um, like people th that are instructors. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, just like a, a call out, really, just asking people to submit um, to apply. Um, so I, th I think it's a series that he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like an ongoing series. This marker's hurting. We don't. So basically, like, um, first of all, I'm a lefty. So the reason why I'm drawing it this way, like I'm writing in joy, right? But the reason why I'm writing it this way is because I've always smudged if I go this way. Mm -hmm. So every time I do my calligraphy, it's either backwards or downwards. 
It's okay. never, yeah, it's never like this because then I'll, I'll smudge yeah, it. Yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So most of these lines, I would have to like, I'd have to overlap them again because this marker, like every tool is different, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. Do you need like a clean piece of paper to clean the pen? Uh, like, uh, if you, yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. I just needed to, uh, yeah, I need to dip the pen somewhere. Like it's cool. Cause every tool is different and it's like, I kind of see them like people, you know, like they have certain capabilities, right? So it's like this one is cool for lettering on this canvas. Right. But I can't use this on a wall because it's too, too small. Like I, I'd be there all day trying <laughs> to get it, like fill something in, you know, I started with graffiti. Like graffiti was like my first graffiti was my, my first passion. Yeah. Because all the colors, like it has so much freedom, right? Like colors, letters, you can do characters. Can you tell us your graffiti name? Or <laughs> hmm? <laughs> you tell us your, your tag name? Or yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Real <laughs> I just, you know, you, you got to live that double life, do this fancy stuff on the side so they know. <laughs> no, but what, what really inspired me to pursue art was, you know, when I watched like big name graffiti artists, you know, Canada is some of the best graffiti artists in the world. And, you know, when I watch guys like uh, Quest, Bacon, uh, just to mention a few names, like they're doing commercial stuff. Like they're taking, instead of just like doing street stuff, like they were like merging with big brands and like doing crazy gigs, you know, with like high profile clients. And I was like, that's the most gangster thing I've ever seen. Like they literally took the streets to the boardroom, you know, and they kept their authenticity, you know? And I was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And that's why I went to university because I'm like, how do I improve my vocabulary and my education? so that I can integrate myself in professional spaces while yeah. still like maintaining yourself, maintaining my integrity and my creativity. Right. And someone else will tell you what to do instead. If you don't yeah, want to learn or, it for yourself. I mean, yeah. Like you someone can also dictate it. You, you can yeah. become like a, you know, a subpar artist or, you know, and, and I'm not saying school is like schools be all end all. Like, yeah, of course. I don't think any of these guys that I mentioned fully went to like university. Not that I, uh, or maybe they did, but not that I know of, mm -hmm. but it's not the main purpose. You know, I kind of, school was just one avenue for me specifically. Also, I just wanted my parents to be happy. <laughs> so calligraphy is actually easy. It looks complicated, but the rules are like very simple. Like once you get certain things, it, like you just keep doing them and the rest is just repetition, you know? And then we're doing calligraphy in grade five. It's calligraphy in French class. <laughs> oh, in French? Extracurricular kind of kid. <laughs> Definitely. You were learning French in calligraphy? No, well, the, like, you go to, like, extra French, extracurricular French classes, and then extracurricular yeah, calligraphy. Yeah. No, but they were separate. I failed French. Really? Yeah, uh, actually, my... Honestly, that's another thing. I'm not, I'm just not a book learner, you know, like, but if I hang out in Montreal for a mm. month, I'll pick it up. That's right? what helped me. I, and this is like, as a child, mind you, like I would listen to, um, whatever station it was that used to play French, right. With the subtitles and learn it that way. I went from a 60 something percent to an 80%. <laughs> oh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. So. Is this like cursive? Uh, yeah. This is like, uh, this is cursive. But I, and then these things, like the decor around it that I do, those are called flourishes. So, um, back, back, um, like when calligraphy really became, like I'm talking cursive calligraphy really became established. It was mm -hmm. called business script. 
So if you were a real businessman, you would write your contracts like this. And then eventually, like, eventually they started evolving into like, I'm a businessman. Why should I learn how to write beautifully? So then they would right. hire people to do it, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I understand what you mean. Yeah, but it was first called business script, which is crazy. You know, it's like, <laughs> think about how times have changed where now like certain successful people we know like don't even write, uh, like don't even print, yeah, you know? Yeah, type or they audio it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so, they took cursive out of school. I don't think they learned cursive in school anymore. No. No. But I remember learning that. It was, again, really like repetition. They would play, you make like a little cloud over and over again. They play some nice piano music. It's, it's, it's very like soothing for me, at least. Because I'm like, I'm chaotic, but also a perfectionist. Yeah. Like, this is like, I didn't plan it. It's all over the place. But like, yeah. it's executed it's executed well. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, it needs to look clean, you know? So. I was going to ask, when you write notes and stuff, do you put scribbles? Terrible. My note writing is like, <laughs> it's like doctor's notes. Yeah. Like I'm patient with this, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's a different mind state. Where, whereas you're taking notes, I'm listening to gather information. So it's functional. I'm just trying to get, get what you said down. on paper so I don't forget it. Right? Do you doodle? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on everything. You know how many textbooks I had to pay for in high school because yeah, I... Yeah, returning the math quest with the calligraphy yeah. on it. <laughs> I wonder where those books are now. They probably cost more because of my doodles. You're lucky. We still have them. eBay. It's gone. It's already up there. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what happened to that. Uh, there was like this girl who uh, was in high school and she posted that she found a book that Drake signed. It was like a, a history textbook from like Forest Hill or whatever. Okay. Wherever Drake went. Mm -hmm. I wonder what happened to that book. I bet like people fought for it and it's like probably worth a lot now. Found his old school textbook. You know, you sign your textbooks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like it said, like Aubrey Graham. Yeah, and then you put your grade and your grade and, 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 yeah, and your year. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. she found a book that Drake signed like long time. Okay. Yeah, when he was in high school, you know. That's pretty cool. I wonder, like, what well, she has to return it to the school. They're not free. Huh? She has to return it to the school. The school has it. Yeah, <laughs> I would have pocketed it. And just paid the 40 bucks for them to buy a new one and said nothing. It was 60 back in my day. I lost many textbooks. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was 40 to 60, that's right. Big money. The other difference between like a professional artist and a like an, uh, passion, like a, what is it called, hobby artist? Mm -hmm. One of the most important things is to be able to gauge how long things take. For example, like if you gave me this canvas, I could start something really complicated and then be like, oh my God, like, I don't know how to finish it. I need to think about it. I need like, you know what I mean? And I could be here all day, but it's like, you need to be able to say, all right, well, what can I do in five minutes? Mm -hmm. That looks good. You know what I'm saying? So like, this is like, and that's very important because you could waste a lot of time in a lot of places starting something that- And not charge people accordingly. Exactly. <laughs> Starting something that you can't finish, right? Can't finish within the bracket of time. What is your big vision picture then for the work that you're doing? Uh, I want to get into like, I just want to use technology more. And okay. yeah, I want to use it to like, you know, now you can create sculptures with like 3D printing and like, you know, you can fully hire a team to build a giant sculpture for you. You know, you don't need to build it yourself. Do you mean like virtual art or? Like you make it virtually yeah. and then you can like literally make it in real life with a okay. team. Yeah. So I want to think of different places that are more impactful. And that's, that's my, that's my next step, you know? So, and I'm not going to learn the 3D programs. I'm going to, I'm talking to some 3D artists that can convert my work into that kind of space. And at that point, you just step more into a director role, you know? 
So that would be the goal, just to kind of still create art, but have a bunch of these like people who are know what to do. Then you can always continue to explore, expand right. your art. You, you become like more of a composer and a conductor. Yeah. You know, you become like, okay, the ultimate place is like <coughs> guys like DJ Khaled where like they would just put a bunch of people in the studio and like put the song together or like, um, you know, all these big producers, they just, they buy parts of the beat. They buy parts of the song and then they just kind of, yeah. And it's like, they're orchestrators. And that's where I want to be because at that level, you can make much bigger impacts, you know, because you have more people on board. You have more arms, you have more brains putting effort into something, you know, and I'm always going to draw by hand. Like it's, uh, (laughs) this is not going anywhere, you know, but I'm just thinking like, how can I expand my impact in in society and in many other avenues. All right, I think I'm done. Let's see, let's see. Enjoy the journey. Yeah. Uh, leave the pen so they know I drew it. <laughs> it's a quick thing. Like, if I really wanted to, like, make it super crisp, like, I'll just keep, cur- like, making these lines, like, clean. But that's like another hour, you know? So, yeah, there's always a point where you got to say it's good enough, you know? Is it good enough for the gram? And then we're happy. (laughs) That's it. It's all about the hearts and likes. (laughs) Looks good. Enjoy the journey. That's right. Thank you so much. Can can I see? I want to sit down and hold it. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) It's yours now. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Thank you very much for coming out today. Thank you for having um, me. Can you share and let us know where you want to be found and yeah, where you want to be found? Um, my website, yeah. uh, Uh It's spelled M-E-D-E-I-O dot art. Uh, Instagram is underscore Medeo underscore. Um, I mean, through those, you can find all the other avenues to get at me. Thank you so much. Go check him out on the website, the Instagram. That's right. And honestly, just, you know, keep an eye on what I'm doing because like all kinds of different things are going to happen. And Spill, uh, spill. Let's hear it. (laughs) What is it? Let's hear (laughs) it. Well, I'm getting more into like public art and things like that. So just keep an eye on my stuff on the streets. I always appreciate it when people take photos and share it, you know. And uh, yeah, much love. Thank you so much again. We love hip hop.